gentlemen, welcome to Movie Breaks. Hello everyone, welcome to the Movie Freaks podcast, the only podcast on the net whose first thought when the apocalypse hits will be, where do I get a generator to run my home theater? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. Hey man, how's it going? Good. Very good. Yep. Same here, and it's a snowy night out, but hey, at least we got a better internet connection uh, tonight than we did last week, because I uh, reset my router. Whee! (laughs) And I've got a better internet connection because I'm at home alone in the house without kids here, or is that not a... (laughs) Yeah, they probably bog it down while they're watching Netflix and all that. Yes, there you go. It's it's their fault. (laughs) It's their fault. (laughs) Okay, well... We have a crammed pack show tonight, and looking over my list, it's going to literally cover every single genre of film that exists. Uh, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it uh, with the roulette movie roulette we did last week was another blind. I had at the Devil's Door, and you had Never Lake. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, at the Devil's Door from 2014. Uh, uh, my expectations for this film could not have been lower, because here's the synopsis. When ambitious young real estate agent Lay is asked to sell a house with a checkered past, she crosses paths with a disturbed girl whom she believes is the runaway daughter of the couple selling the property. And I'm just going to cut it off right there, because to go into any more detail, I might as well just tell you the entire freaking movie. Uh, I am definitely giving this movie a thumbs up after much thought, uh, you should definitely watch it. I think that you would like... I could see you liking this even more than me. And I okay. give it a thumbs up. I'm About the first uh, 30, 40 minutes, I, was, I really wanted to hate this movie. I really did. But it was so well shot, and the score was brilliant. So I was still in. Cool. Um, and, and then about the 30, you know, that 30, 40 minute mark, I was like, well, I'm this far in. I'm just going to ride this baby out because I don't want to start over. Um, and it got better from there. Uh, I think this is a little bit more of a you movie than a me movie. Um, but I'll tell you, it, it, it's a straight, it's a straight up kind of a horror movie. I mean, I, it's hard, it's hard for me to talk too much about it without uh, really spoiling stuff. One of the best comparisons I guess I can make would be similar to, uh, like Juan the Grudge, the originals, where... Stuff is happening, and you got a pissed-off ghost, and whoever becomes attached to this property, they just kind of are attached to the next person, and people kind of come and go, and then the ghost is pissed off at the next person. I mean, to the point where you're like, why are you even mad at that? What, what does that even have to do with anything? Why are you even mad at that person? But whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, because it has enough scares here and there that really terrify you, and at the end of the day, it's just a pissed-off demon that wants to come through. And oh, I'm so gonna watch this. That that's yeah, so right up my alley. It is, but <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to oversell it as being like this is nonstop horror uh, because it's not. There are stretches where it's it would fall kind of down to thriller, but then there's a jump scare here and there that would just. There were a couple, man, make you shit your pants. <laughs> I mean, and stuff that I didn't. I don't want to say I didn't see coming, but it was sort of like, well, here comes a jump scare. You get that sense from the yeah. film, like, I know that there's a jump scare coming. And then the jump scare that would happen 
choosing my words carefully here, uh, the jump scare that would happen would be not the thing that you expected to see. So much so that I rewound parts of this movie a few times. Because, like, wow. did I just see what I thought I saw? Did they oh, really just great. do that? Yeah. This was, I mean, this was close to Gem in the Rough. You might actually consider this a Gem in the Rough. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, but then again, I could be wrong. It could be like, this is slow and boring. I don't think you'd think that, though, because it was shot so well. And the score, I, I can't say enough about the score. You know me, I'm a score guy. Yeah. The score was so fantastic. The only uh, negative with the score is um, there was a video out a while back. Oh, who did it? I can't remember who did it on uh, YouTube. I'll, I'll find it and I'll post it to the Facebook page for Movie Freaks just to give proper credit where credit's due. But I can't I can't remember who it was. Anyway, uh, but it was about jump scares and how music should not escalate when jump scares happen. And they used the original Halloween as an example because it gives you a false expectation of who the bad guy is. And in, like, Halloween, the original, they have a scene where the cop, a cop comes up behind a person and puts his hand on the person, and it's a jump-scare moment where everybody screams and jumps, but there's no loud music. You know what I mean? It yes, just, yeah. It just, it just happens. But that's not how they do it today. It's... Uh, the music swells and goes crazy high and everybody's like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, holy crap, and then everybody jumps at the same time and it's a cat jumping through the window or yeah. something stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Stuckman, that's who did that. Oh, that, yeah, okay. That, that, that's who did that video. I'll, I'll post that video, but it was a very good breakdown of the difference between old school, uh, older horror and current horror. And I had, it was just something I had never, ever considered. It was brilliant. Anyway, so... This movie does do that where it brings up the the music crescendos when, when that stuff is happening and scares the crap out of you. But usually when it does happen, it literally is something to be afraid of. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm giving this definite thumbs up. I, I was considering just pass uh, because the people in the movie and the, some of the it's all girls and they can get annoying. Uh, you know, why would you go do that? You're, yeah. You're, that kind of stuff where you're plot, like, oh, plot progression stuff. Kind of, kind of, yeah, but it's sort of like, oh, I just saw a horrifying thing. Let me go walk after it and investigate. And, you know, horror movie-wise, you're going, no one in their right mind would... Anybody that's ever seen any horror movie would never do that. Yeah. And it, but, well, you know, uh, I, I'm getting nitpicky because, again, shot and sound, beautiful. Good. Um, oh, that's great. So that's... definitely give that one a shot and come back with a review for me so that I know where you stand on it. Now, yeah, your yeah. turn. Um, okay, well, first off, for some reason, I thought that you had picked King of Devil's, Devil's Island. Was that your second choice? That was the second choice. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, which, that's another one that I'm still hoping that one of us will eventually watch. Oh, keep when, it on the list. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for me, I had Never Lake, a movie that I was actually fairly excited to watch uh, because it was, one, it was filmed in Tuscany. I visited Tuscany before. In Italy, and uh, uh, it got some pretty decent reviews from different horror websites, and that can go either way. Sometimes really good reviews on certain horror websites are spot on, and you're like, "All oh, right, well, they know what they're talking about. They're a horror website, and uh, spot on. I agree 100% with their review. Other times... Majority I, of the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> what in the world did you possibly see in this? That would be... This movie, uh, what did you see in Never Lake? And 
I'm I, I'm going to give some credit to this movie. The credit will be given after I trash it. <clears throat> <laughs> so, um, here we have a couple of really nice, snazzy, high-def cameras shooting beautiful Tuscany in Italy. And it's filmed on location in Tuscany. Um, and that's where things start to go downhill real fast. We've got uh, an angsty teenage girl <laughs> whose father is taking her to some house in oh, Tuscany. Good. Yes. Um, because she's on meds for some reason or another, and she goes off wandering, and there's a ghost in a lake close by, Never Lake. And close to this lake is uh, is this old hospital full of of uh, kids, like amputees and kids that have had surgeries done, and they're messed up. And uh, um, she's trying to figure out what's going on, and uh, the dad is married, is remarried to this. He's got a you know, she's got a stepmom. And uh, here's what here's uh, here's I'm gonna say the positive now. This movie has a very very good twist in it, um, and the twist is way better than anything in this movie, which sucks because everything else in the movie is complete Twilight level. Is it like, does it it does it have that look like you watch the trailer and you go I'll never on YouTube and you go I'll never watch that because it, you got some high def cameras but the lighting's all screwy and, and, yes. and none of it looks like an actual movie. Yes, I'm like I it, hate literally, that. Yeah, oh. it literally looked like daytime television, uh, really good. I mean, it looked it looked great, but I'm like it, I look like I'm watching. It feels like I'm watching. I there were a couple of movies I didn't put on this week's roulette because I watched the trailer and it had that look. Yeah. And at the, at the devil's door is the polar opposite of that. Oh, good. It good. looks fantastic and yeah. it looks like a movie, but some of the plot elements make you go, oh, uh, but you keep going because it looks so good. Anyway. Yeah. And, th- and this here is like the way it was shot. You're like, okay, well this is, this is how something off discovery channel should be shot with when I'm looking at animals. And I hate that when yeah. it's an actual movie. I, but again, I'm going to say there is a twist in the movie that is really, really good, but all the angsty teenage stuff and there's a love interest going on kind of sort of, and it's like, you can tell they're going after the twilight crowd. Um, and I, yeah, I hate it. I think it maybe got one half star out of five. Oh, I'm um, so glad I put this on the roulette last week because that means uh, I don't have to watch it. No, you don't. No, you don't. It was. It was. I. I hated. I honestly. I almost took a mulligan because this is one where, after the first ten minutes or so, I'm like, oh, this is shot like that, and the act, the acting isn't that good. But I'm like, no, this got good reviews for some reason or another, and it got it probably got decent reviews because it was shot well and because it had a really good twist in it, but. What horror websites are doing, giving this thing a thumbs up? And this is a lifetime movie of the week type thing going on. Oh, here. just take those horror sites reviews and chop them in half. That's that's the best way yeah. to do it, in my opinion. No matter how <laughs> glowing or revision, uh, amazing, revitalizes the horror genre. Now presenting Scream Seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wes, no. Wes Craven is back and better than ever. <laughs> He's got, finally come back for the seventh yes. entry. Yeah. <laughs> Out of retirement. Out of retirement, yes. Vampire in Brooklyn, part two. (laughs) Still starring Eddie Murphy. Still starring Eddie Murphy, yes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so there's my meh. Of course, as usual, whenever we start talking about shitty movies, it seems like we talk way too long, because we spent way too long on this movie. No one should spend this much time dissecting these movies. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move on to the next round. We decided to do a... 
blind Netflix round, roulette yeah. round again, but with a little twist, uh, as per your suggestion. And I think simply because you just really don't want to uh, have to listen to me add last days to the list again. Uh, you said, <laughs> how about movies that we haven't thrown out there before? So that's fine. I came up with a whole nother list. Now, the way I came about this list is I went to Netflix. Uh, what's it called? I think it's called instantwatcher.com. Oh, I love and that site. Yep. Me too. I'm on there every day. But they they say what's new on Netflix as it pops up. And so I just was like, I'm going to start there and go down the list of stuff that I'm adding. And I'm just going to give you whatever's most recently added for Netflix. So it's just a smorgasbord of, we got... We got Kung Fu, we got dodgy action, we got romantic comedy even, uh, and we got some horror. But the horror, I, I picked like three or four of them uh, because I can never tell what you've seen. Yeah. Uh, so this is horror that's on my, this is on my queue. I'll just go through till we have, till you have at least four or five picks of okay. Unwatched and then I'll stop. But okay. I added a bunch of them just in case because you always watch everything. Um, <laughs> okay, first up, then this one is freshly added. It looks sweet. I actually did not go watch the trailer on purpose because I was like, ah, oh, that sounds too good to be true, but we'll just throw it out there as a gem. Iceman from 2014. Um, an Imperial awesome. Guard. Uh, I, I, I almost gave that to you. I almost gave that to you. That looks sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie Yen, an Imperial Guard and his three traitorous childhood friends ordered to hunt down uh, to get accidentally buried and kept frozen in time. 400 years later... Uh, boy, this description is all horrible grammar. 400 years later passes and they are... <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, and they are defrosted, continuing the battle they left behind. Sounds cool. Probably dodgy. Perfect for roulette. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have in the ever-decreasing filmography, that is John Cusack, The Bagman from 2014. And the trailer looked cool, but John Cusack is taking just about any role these days. Eh. Nicholas Cage. <coughs> yeah, Robert De Niro is in it too, so that's good, right? Uh, a criminal bides his time at a seedy motel waiting for the, his boss after killing several men and making away with a mysterious bag. Another... Yeah, eh, who knows? Uh, okay, now, I've never given you a romantic comedy. Technically, this falls under romantic comedy, but from what I've heard, this is the most not safe for work movie ever. This sounds like a Chuck Palahniuk book. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Wetlands. And the eccentric, uh, the adventures of an eccentric girl who has a strange attitude towards hygiene and sexuality longs for the reunion of her divorced parents. Um, actually, it says right on the cover, the most WTF, NSFW movie at this year's Sundance Film Festival. And it's supposed to be just hardcore with <laughs> sexuality and sexual jokes and stuff of that nature. It's about a girl that cuts herself shaving uh, and has to go to the gynecologist and insanity. The trailer was insane but looked but looked funny. It is on my cue. I am going to watch this movie because okay. I, some of that humor like that 
Polonix stuff really makes me laugh. So I hope that it's like that, but I haven't seen it yet. All I know is that it looks absolutely filthy, and those tend to be the kind of comedies that we actually somewhat enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this entry I'm going to save for last because I'm afraid that you might have it uh, on the queue for me, and I don't want to have to watch this movie if I don't have to. So I'm going to bump that down to the bottom. Um, next up we have Child of God. Did you see the, the trailer, uh, trailer uh-huh. or anything about this? No? Okay. No, uh-uh. The trailer for this looked quite good. Um, this is directed by James Franco. Uh, a violent man's life is a disastrous attempt to uh, exist outside of social order. Successfully deprived of his parents and homes, the few other ties, Ballard descends to the level of a cave dweller as he falls deeper into crime and degradation. And this is like a turn-of-the-century thing, guy wandering around with a gun. Um, you just you almost have to watch the trailer to understand what this movie is about. Sort of like a really pissed-off Oh Brother Where Art Thou, uh, and not funny. Okay. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. But it, it was supposedly... Uh, I believe he adapted this from some well-known novel. Um, I'm not seeing it pop up right handily here, but it's also uh, Franco-directed, so who yeah. knows? Okay, now we're going to get into the horror elements. So let me know if you've seen any of these, and okay. let's see, I've got one, two, three, four... I'd like to get one, maybe two more. Next up is from 1995, Grim. Have you seen this movie? Nope. This is one of those that I found on Netflix. And yes, it's a mid-90s, but it's kind of a monster movie with those real mid-90s special effects of lightning flashes and glowing objects. Very 90s in the good way. The way yes. that you're like, oh, that's cheesy, but cool. Yeah. Um, um, it's kind of a monster movie. A team of cave divers... Man, the, 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 the grammar is just terrible on IMDb today. A team of cave divers, when investigating a system of caves beneath a small town, come across a hideous creature that can move through walls. I didn't get that impression from the trailer at all. It looked like there was this giant nine-foot-tall animatronic monster demon that came up through the floors and killed a couple people so they went down in the caves looking for it and then it's lumbering around killing people left and right looked like that 90s cheese that yeah is good yes gotcha you okay. haven't seen this no, i have not seen, seen that oh, I mean, I'm it, shocked. It, it, see it might that might be one though that i've seen like way back in the day on vhs at the at yeah. video connection that i don't yeah. remember but I, that doesn't sound familiar to me okay uh, and last, I'm just going to make this one the last one. I, I'm so afraid that you have this other one on the on the list for me and that I'll have to watch it. And I, don't I, I, I bet not. Seriously, I bet not. Because uh, I bet not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last one is a Korean film. Uh, spell it with me now. H-I-G-A-N-G-I-M-A. Higanjima? Okay. Escape from Vampire Island. Hmm. Never seen that one. I uh, assumed not. It's not coming up on this thing. Dang on it. Uh, hold on a sec. I'll look it up on uh, Netflix. 
This is one of those Korean ones that has a really dorky cover on Netflix. Uh, just a, a Korean guy looking all vampire-y. And you're like, okay, that's going to be terrible. But I went and watched the trailer. Actually looks pretty awesome. In this live-action adaptation of a horror manga, Akira and Atsushi fight to escape a land from which no human has returned. Again, adapted from an, uh, a horror manga. You're thinking, okay, let's. this is going to look like a TV original movie or some crap like that. The trailer actually looked kind of like Battle Royale with vampires. Ooh. It it looked it looked like it was shot well. It looked sweet, hmm. and I I bumped it up on my queue right away. So if that's, that's a new release. No, that one's actually been on there for a little bit. I mean, uh, twenty. It's from two thousand nine. Um, okay. That one's two hours. I have all the times here if you want want okay. them. The, these are all in the ballpark of uh, hour and a half, hour forty. Summer about two hours. That that one's the longest one at two hours. Okay. Um, but. It, it looked good. like So I, I threw that one on there. It's like, well, if you don't like any of these other random weirdness, John Cusack, mm-hmm. rom-coms, and what have you, um, maybe you, you want to, if you're in the mood for possibly a subtitled Korean vampire, maybe something flick? Or, yeah. Eh, whatever. I threw that in the mix so that you have at least horror options. The yeah. other two I'm just going to save for another time. Now, I, um, I am very, very curious about the one that you that you said. Ah, I have a feeling that you're going to put that, that you have that one on my list. Are you not going to give me that one? Because I'm. I'll so tell curious. you what it, I'll tell you what it is, but I'm not going to put it on the list. Okay. And that's Frank. Frank, I huh? <laughs> uh, that's the one where Michael Fassbinder wears a mask and is in a band the whole time. So it looks like a total uh, hipster movie. Ugh. You don't know. You haven't. You don't know anything about it. It's, it's no, I don't. Good, it's getting good reviews, and it's won some in uh, some film awards for like the independent film wars and stuff uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it uh, I mean it's Michael Fassbinder and he wears this giant polystyrene head on it uh, the whole time oh he's, yes yeah, I got okay yep I know okay. what movie you're talking about yep yeah yeah there when you said there when you said ma- mask and an ero- and an band I'm like is this like a thing on Guar or something or <laughs> <laughs> you know if it was I w- that would have been the top of my list <laughs> yes uh, and I would have chosen that. <laughs> okay, so for me, um, that's a, that's a pretty good list there. Um, I part of me wants to take Wetlands because I have heard of that movie and that does sound interesting. But then you threw Grimm in there, and I'm like, ooh, '90s Sasquatch horror movie. That you know, sounds, part of me uh, like, almost wants to pause the show, tell you go go to YouTube, watch the trailer, and then come back and make your decision. Seriously. Go, well, how, go about for this? It. how about this? How about this? Let's do this. I'm going to pick Grimm for number one, and then Wetlands number two. However, because uh, we'll, we'll keep the show rolling here. However, um, I'll watch the trailers later, and if I see after the trailer, I'm like, uh, I'll just, I'm just going to immediately, I'll just go to Wetlands. How's that sound? Is that that's? I'll, I'll give you that. That's fine. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you think and, I'm gonna uh, I'm the, stick with Grimm? You're gonna stick with Grimm, but, unf- but I looked at the IMDb score; it was like 1.5. Oh, it was of course, really bad. But that trailer, I, I like I, when I when I when I came across it on Netflix, I was like, Nah, there's no way this is good. But I'll just go check it out. You know, mid 90s horror. You know how we feel about that. I'll yeah. just go check out the trailer on YouTube, and then I watched that. And was like, Oh yeah, that looks yeah. like 
right up my alley. Yeah. Well, this this from the guy. I mean, I I just got done watching several of the Sorority House Massacre movies, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. the bottom of the cesspool, <laughs> bottom of the barrel, and I, I th- thoroughly enjoyed them. So I'm like, oh, let's give Grimm a try here. Shall if nothing we? else, it has poltergeisty effects. You yes. know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay, good, good. Okay, so for you... Oh, wait, um, one more. One more. Oh. You got one more. You got Grim and Wetlands. Oh, what, Grim, Wetlands, and then number three... Um, oh, boy. I guess the vampire one. Um, okay. The Iceman one, I'm, I, one of us will eventually watch that, I'm sure, because I thought that, that sounded really cool. I, um, I agree. I didn't watch the trailer for that one, but I would guess the vampire one is a safer bet, because I haven't yeah. watched the Iceman one. Yeah. Okay, so okay. those are my three. Okay. And for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I had a good time with this. There is a little bit of everything in here. Uh, you always sound, than... For some reason, you always sound a little threatening when you say that. <laughs> I, I had a good time with this. Yeah. Well, no, I will say this. Um, of all the movies, I don't know if there's any on here that features a teenage girl in peril. <laughs> mm. I think I... Okay, I, moving on yeah. to our next segment. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm pretty confident that I, I really went out all out here to try and find totally unique titles. Please um, tell me that it was because you watched Neverlake, and you're like, this is what this poor bastard has been watching. Yes. Oh, by the uh, way, it, yeah. this is a landmark for our roulette because you listen. To, see if you can hear this. That was the sound of the first sheet of our roulette being pulled down because we have filled an entire sheet from awesome. episode ten all the way up through. This will be uh. episode thirty. Uh, seven. Uh, the sheet is full, and it's time to move on to another one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and you're thinking, this poor bastard has watched so many teenage girls in peril, yeah. or pregnancy, or both. Yes, or both. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so but... we're starting off with um, the first movie that I was going to pick, uh, and, and I didn't because some of the reviews said, and it's a new release on Netflix, uh, but some of the reviews said... Uh, don't watch this one. If you want to watch something good from this guy, watch this movie. So I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this, and that sounds pretty good. Uh, and it stars Michael J. White. He was in Undisputed 2. And, uh, Spawn. He's Spawn. Yes, that's right. And side note, this is rabbit trailing here, but his first starring role, I, this is why I, I am I, my, my stupid, <laughs> silly horror nonsense. His first starring role was in Toxic Avenger Part 2. So there you go. Shut up. Are you That serious? was his first starring role was in Toxic Avenger. Was, he's, he is a graduate of the film school of trauma. Awesome. Uh, 2009's Blood and Bone. Uh, in Los Angeles, an ex-con takes the underground fighting world by storm in his quest to fulfill a promise to a dead friend. And it gets pretty good reviews. Uh, and I'm, you know, some of those can be complete, utter shit, and then other other ones are like, that ah, was a cool, bone-breaking, you know, yeah. I, like, Undisputed 2 and 3 I thought were really good movies. Uh, well, I mean, good-ish, I guess. Uh, but I'm like, oh, blood, you know, blood and bone, that's... You know, usually I see Michael J. White, and I'm like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But, but, look at this. Second tier on this is Julian Sands. You oh. could do a whole CinemaSoft Underbelly episode on that man. Yes, I could. So oh. that makes it a little more tempting for yep. me. Okay, next up. <laughs> next up is 1995's Proteus. 
And uh, I've been wanting to add that one on the roulette for a little while, and I just I never got around to it. Um, it's an alien type thing. Um, I've heard of it. How do you spell that? P R O T E U S. There we go. A group of heroin smugglers finds shelter on an abandoned oil rig after their ship has exploded. Soon, they find that the oil rig was just cover for bio- for a biological experiment. One of the results is Charlie, a shape shifting monster with the ability to absorb the memory of its victims. However, each uh, even um, yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, the synopsis here on IMDb is it's like someone from Mexico wrote it. It's, like, it's <laughs> we're um, both running into this. <laughs> yeah, um, but. I'm surprised you haven't seen this. I have not seen that. Nope. I have never seen Proteus. And it just... I, and on IMDb, the cover is like... It, you can tell it's from the VHS. And the, down at the bottom it says Vidmark. I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. You know what's <laughs> funny is I actually have in one of my notes, I think... Uh, actually, I do believe Grimm was a Vidmark film. <laughs> nice. Oh. oh. I'm, I, I think I even made a note of that. That I was like, oh, make sure and mention Vidmark. Because that's Vidmark, hilarious. yes. Because only you and I would get that. Yes, get a, yeah. So there's a, there's that. I just thought, ah, why not? Throw it on there, That's see what so happens. Uh, and then, let's see if I can find this. Um, this might be interesting to, uh, to try and find this on IMDb. Uh, a movie called, there, there it is, Love, from 2011. Uh, it's a science fiction movie. After losing contact with Earth, astronaut Lee Miller becomes stranded in orbit alone aboard the inter, uh, an international space station as, as time passes and life support systems dwindle. Uh, Lee battles to maintain his sanity and simply stay alive. His world is a claustrophobic and lonely experience, uh, existence until he makes a strange discovery aboard the ship. This has been on my queue for a long time. I've never heard of the movie. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't really either, but it was just one that I came across and I added, and it's been on my queue for a long time. Yeah, so I thought that sounded really good. Yeah. Uh, next up is The Angry Red Planet, and that is from 1959. Um, hold on one moment. The cover is so badass. I love the cover of this thing. I might have seen this. One of only two survivors from a Martian expe- expedition is is so traumatized she doesn't remember the circumstances of the trip. Uh, oh, I can't remember if I've seen this or not. If I haven't, this is this is on my queue. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh, you're yeah. making it tough. You're giving me two sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not done yet. Oh uh, boy. Ne- next up is Journey to the Seventh Planet from 1962. Uh, that w- journey. Now this, I do believe I've seen. Let me, let okay. me just bring this up here just to make sure. There's so many of these like, um, uh, mystery science theater, 1950s yes. type sci-fis on here. I love the cover of this thing too. It's so cool. It's just weird looking aliens yeah. and, uh, you know Earth what? Sends I, a- this is one of those that I'm not entirely sure that I've seen. So I re-added <laughs> I'll probably watch five minutes of it and go, oh, yes, I've seen that. Um, Earth sends a five-man team to explore the frozen planet Uranus only to find a uh, temperature, a temperate forest and sultry women from their past on it. (laughs) Courtesy of an alien, courtesy of an alien brain with evil desires. Designs. Designs, sorry, sorry. It Um, got sexy there for a minute. Yes, you see. (laughs) 
So I thought that was interesting. Oh, man, you are really making uh, it hard. You're like, okay, uh, dickhead, I'll give you uh, kung fu and sci-fi horror and then sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Um, you might be You might be just <laughs> mapping out what I'm going to watch all week. <laughs> okay. I got two more here. Killing okay. Season from 2013. Uh, uh, is that the one with De Niro and Travolta? Yes. Yes, I'm not watching that bullshit. No oh. way. There's oh, okay. no way. <laughs> just did it look? I don't. I, I. I just. I'm like, ah, oh, two decent actors and two storylines. Yeah, and the storyline sounds good. And it was 90 minutes long. I'm like, okay, well, I'll put that on there. That's fine, but I'm. You can add that forever. I'm not going to watch that thing. Well, I just think it doesn't look. It good, just or? screams terrible to me. Okay. And he's all bald with a. a Fu Manchu and a beard. I don't even yeah. know what's going on with Travolta anymore. I don't even think yeah. he knows. He's like I know. a gay masseuse rubbing down pilots or something. I, yeah. He's a mess. That's, <laughs> it's just a whole train wreck I don't want to get involved in. Yeah. Um, okay, then the last one is 2011's The Reunion, starring John Cena. <laughs> but, on the flip okay. side, also starring Amy Smart. So there you have her. Um, Sam and Leo clearly have grown up hating each other and neither likes their juvenile delinquent kid brother Douglas to whom they've only recently been reintroduced the sons oh there's a long synopsis it's an action movie with John Cena how's that yeah, yeah that's more than enough information yeah I was gonna let you on... read it but you could have yeah um, yeah yeah none of those are gonna top what you already have <laughs> <laughs> um okay oh this is brutal. I was pretty happy with my selections there. I'm like, that's a pretty oh, nice... You did, you did good, and save this list. Add it, add it all. Add, okay. Add, except for Killing Season. You can get rid of that one. Okay, that's done. The, the reunion, might as well throw that in the mix for when you've over-horrored me, then I'll be like, oh, there's one that's not. Yeah. <laughs> John Cena with a machine gun. There we go. Yay, Yay. that sounds better than Proteus. Um... <laughs> Proteus. <laughs> Oh, Proteus Ugh. sounds like it has potential, but I'm just afraid that I'm going to hit play on that thing, and five minutes in, it's going to be one of those where they, they have the plastic vent pipes along the the uh, uh, Mars lander wall, and you're just like, oh, this is so horrible. That's some yeah. bullshit that I pulled off my dryer, Yeah, uh, and I want to stab myself. And you got to sit through the first 30 minutes per our rules. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Angry Red Planet for number one. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, I'm going to take, for my extras, I'm going to take Love and Journey to the Seventh Planet. I don't know which of those two I would pick next if I take a mulligan, but I will see. Okay. I will I'm actually surprised that you didn't take Love for number one. I've, you know, I was, I was seriously tempted, but then it's, it, it's one guy alone in space kind of thing versus classic sci-fi yeah multiple people i i don't know when it when it comes to low budget independent one guy alone i'm like oh boy that means there's long shots of him sleeping and then wandering around and then eating and then contemplating life and then generally that's the way it goes not every loner in space movie is moon i was gonna say yeah not everyone is moon because moon was great but for every moon, there is, yeah, there's the... Uh, there's ten on. of them, trust me. The way that you go through horror, I go through sci-fi, looking yeah. for them gems in the rough, and oh boy, yeah. uh, it gets thin. Yeah. 
Good. Okay. Well, I think that's this is going to be a very interesting uh, roulette next week. They're always interesting. <laughs> it is, but that was a good spread. It was all over the place. Yeah. Now, should we touch on uh, Welcome to the Jungle real quick? Oh, yes. I almost forgot about that. Thank you yes. for reminding me. Yes, we uh, had a bonus roulette pick last week since we both put it on the list, and that was Welcome to the Jungle with JCVD himself, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and various other funny people, and... I gotta tell you, for a movie that really slipped under the radar, the trailer came out and uh, it looked good. This company, ad execs, go on a team-building exercise retreat to a deserted island with this muscle man. Um, and uh, I was really excited about the trailer, but then the movie just kind of petered out onto Netflix. So I was like, oh boy, this is going to yep. be not good, probably. But... Since we both had it on our list, we both had to watch it all the way. I'm so happy to report this movie was a huge thumbs up. I yep, loved same it. Here. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was crying. This movie was so good. But then again, I, I like different comedy. I don't know. This thing cracked me up to no end. I, I really got a huge kick out of it. From beginning to end, uh, almost an anti-bullying message going on in there as well. Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of conflicting because it was anti-bullying by bullying back. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the whole thing was so farcical and so funny. And I just love Jean-Claude where he doesn't take himself seriously and is has no problem laughing at himself. Oh, I, I, he was hilarious in the movie. And he was that in spades. It, it seems like later in his career, now that he's uh, cleaned up his life and himself, he was a mess for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's been fantastic. I, I don't understand why he isn't getting more work. Um, yeah. Even the, the... I don't even know how to categorize that movie that he made called... The title was JCBD. JC, yeah. That was if a great If you haven't movie. seen that, it's fantastic film. Uh one of the prizes of my collection. I'm glad I own that thing. It's fantastic. Um, I I don't know. How would you even... Whatever. I'm getting derailed on that movie. But um, did you... You you liked Welcome to the Jungle as much as I did. Oh, it was hilarious. And I I was like, okay. After Never Lake, I'm like, oh, now I've got to watch this Welcome to the Jungle. Which, (laughs) like you said, it it slipped under the radar. Now it's on Netflix. I'm like, ah, here we go. And within the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, oh... This is well made, and the comedy timing is I immediately almost in those comedies you can almost tell immediately if the comedy timing is on or if it's uh, actors trying to be funny. It just doesn't work, and I'm like immediately I'm like I'm already liking the characters, I'm already liking their comedy timing in the movie that where I'm like I'm laughing. In comes John Jean Claude, and I'm like oh he's funny in this, and by the by the half hour point I'm like this is hysterical. This is hilarious. I agree, and actually when there was about 30 minutes left, I, I paused it, because I was running around. I, I watched that, this, that's my Sunday morning, <laughs> no. watching, with the kids running around, whatever. And uh, I paused it with 30 minutes left, and I was like, I, I kind of want to save this for later, because I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah. And, oh, I, man, I was laughing my butt off. I And I'll tell you what, uh, concerning our top 100, if I was to make a top 25 of comedy this would probably make it because i i am so hard on comedy movies this yeah. would probably be up there i i really had a ball with it yeah no i agree i that gets a big thumbs up and it's one that i i'm already looking forward to re-watching that one uh and just 
some it, of the jokes it, some of the jokes in there I'm looking forward to laughing all especially the one the one lady that does the abbreviated swearing like I've been hearing a lot she, of, of she, and does, I don't she does a, that's Kristen Schaal and she does a voice on Bob's Burgers she's one of the she's the daughter on Bob's Burgers and I love her to death so when she popped up I was like oh it's Kristen Schaal like I knew her immediately I was so happy to see her so I knew that she was going to be hilarious um and then like uh <laughs> it oh, it just killed me how quickly the whole uh office crowd uh, just completely disintegrated into Oh, it was like, within a, within hours and <laughs> which that made it all the funnier is that I know. all of a sudden they're they're all it's like Lord, Lord, of the Wolf, Lord of the yeah Lord of, in, in like literally hours <laughs> to really sum up the, here's the best way to sum up this movie is to tell you about one scene as soon as they get to the aisle, maybe I don't. Maybe it wasn't on the island. Maybe it was before they got there. But they, as soon as they were introduced, the John Claude Van Damme was going to take them on this uh, uh, team building retreat. He was like, "I want to tell you a story about a group of boys who went to an island and there were no adults, and soon they all started acting crazy like animals." Do you know what I'm talking? What story I'm talking about? And everybody's looking at each other and you're thinking, yeah, Lord of the Flies. And he goes, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing island. Fantasy yeah. land. Where everybody goes there and is crazy and occasionally they play some pool and then they all turn into donkeys. <laughs> if that doesn't make you laugh, this movie isn't for you. Yeah, it's not that, for you. That made me... Cr- I was laughing my ass off. That was yes. so awesome. But this... It was fantastic. Anyway, go check it out. We spent way too much time on the roulette. We need yeah. to move on. Yes. Uh, anything else to wrap up? Welcome to the jungle. Nope. Nope. Okay. We're good. Now we're going to move on to a new segment that we're debuting, I guess. We're calling it Show and Tell, which would have made more sense on YouTube since we could have shown you something. But since we're Skyping, we're going to show each other things. And that sounded very, very homoerotic. Yes. But it's not. Um, we are actually show and tell is a segment where we are going to be discussing, um, our own personal, uh, things that we are very happy to own, to have in our movie collection. This can be anything movie related. This is not just necessarily movies. It can be figurines, comic books, books, anything whatsoever, memorabilia, I've got all kinds of crap that I'm going to be bringing up on this segment. Um, for this particular episode, I have chosen to go LaserDisc edition. Because I don't have a ton of LaserDiscs, but I have enough to fill one episode of show and tell. But I'm going to let you go first. I just okay. want to tease that. Okay. Uh, for, now, for me, because I am recording this in not in my office or not in the basement, I don't have the movies with me, so... Uh, I'm just going to oh, tell you oh, them. Well, that uh, segment canceled. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've seen all of your crap. Yeah, Go I was going to say, yeah, you know what I, yeah. Okay, so I, I went with uh, sim- something similar to you, but I, I went with Steelbooks, Blu-ray Steelbooks. Okay, cool. For mine. Cool. Um, so do you want me to just rattle off the three that I was, that I'm uh, most proud of? Uh Give me one. Let's. Uh, listen, uh, we're kind of keeping this to uh, three per segment. Uh, okay. I actually only have two, but the one is really big, so I'm going to spend okay. a lot of, more time on that. It's a trilogy. Um, 
but go ahead. Let, let, we'll just bounce back and forth. Give me uh, give me one or two okay. if you have two that are inter- interlaced. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, the first one that I have is the and steelbooks. If you don't know, listeners, if you don't know what steelbooks are, they're uh, a little bit more collectible. The studios do steelbooks as a more it to entice buyers. Collectible. They you know, it's kind of a, in limited quantities. These are blue. These are Blu-ray, yes. Okay. Some of them are more so collectible than others. Um, I mean, a lot of the times, in my opinion, like the big movies that you see at Best Buy, they look really good. Like, oh, there's Resident Evil uh, Steelbook, and or there's uh, Leon the Professional Steelbook. That's fine, but the ones that will eventually gain in value, to me, are the niche titles, the, the movies that aren't as popular, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, older movies, especially from... Lesser known releasing companies, Scream Factory, um, the the niche companies, and then even overseas, the UK. In fact, um, all three of the ones that I am going to talk about are from the uh, for, are from Europe. Uh, the first one is Return of the Living Dead uh, Steelbook, and the main reason that I bring up uh, this particular Steelbook, this is from the UK, is. Um, this one here, I, I, I believe that we've talked about this movie on, on our show before about the yep. audio. Okay, yeah. Which this has the original theatrical audio on, uh, which listening to it is, it's, it's fantastic because it is, it's not what I remember. It's the one that I, I've grown up with the VHS, DVD, whatever soundtrack. And to hear the original Return of the Living Dead audio from the theatrical release, Due to the there's copyright infringement things going on with the music, I'm I'm just impressed yeah. that it's on there. Uh, so and the making of stuff, this one here, unlike the uh, U.S. release, has a feature length running time uh, making of the movie and uh, retrospective, and it's fantastic. And the artwork on the on the uh, steelbook is uh, it's fant- Everything about it is is collector item. I love it. Love it. So I'm, that's one of my prize Blu-ray possessions. So it's the, <clears throat> now there are some steel books that I've seen like at Best Buy and stuff that look like a cash in. This this doesn't look like that, or or uh, you know what I mean as far as um, a steel book cash in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no. This is I I, I don't want to say for sure, but I'm I, I have a feeling that this might be the only way to get that particular version over that audio the, track. Who yeah. released this one? Uh, I. Th- I want to say Studio Canal. I don't have it in okay. front of me. Yeah, this was not a screen. In fact, over here, I think um, who who released was it, is it? Uh, oh man, who re- not Universal? I'm not sure who re- who released Return of the Living Dead. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, I kind of want to say it was Universal. I could be wrong. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. And another and another little tidbit on Return of the Living Dead Steelbook. If for the horror fans out there, if you do import that one in. This is playable on uh, on Region A Blu-ray players. Uh, there's a little trick to it. All you have to do is type in, like on the internet, there's a button. I think you have to press the home button on your Blu-ray remote, and it will actually bypass the uh, region locking feature on that particular Blu-ray. Um, so anyway, that's I've spent too much time Seriously, on it. Seriously, that's, that's weird. What? Yeah, it's, it, it's region locked, but you press, I think, home button. Like I did it on my PlayStation 3, and boom, it... it reverts back to the home screen and you're good to go so that's so stupid okay yeah um okay first up for me i'm not gonna spend uh too much time on this one because they've been talked to death and um 
I just, I'm happy to have this in my collection, okay? I know that these are going to be re-released uh, very soon, considering that Disney just bought them out. But for now, this is the only way that they exist. And that would ah, be... Ah, yes. <clears throat> <laughs> the Star Wars laser discs, The awesome. original three, the quote-unquote holy trinity. <laughs> there holy they are. trilogy. All three that's of them. That's awesome. I yes. love the way that... Oh, that that's so cool. Because I'm looking at it, You're showing them to me there. Yeah. And that's so awesome. These are the... Uh, <clears throat> uh, I did some research on these today online. And these were, uh, were released in the early 90s. Uh, this was the second release of them on Laserdisc. The first release uh, was Bare Bones. These were... <clears throat> more detailed, they letterbox widescreen, uh, and from everything that I could find online, this was the first time, early 90s, mind you, this was the first time VHS, Laserdisc, anything otherwise, that you could watch the original trilogy unaltered in widescreen, and with Dolby Surround stereo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first time that you could watch them in the widescreen. There were other releases before this, but they were not widescreen. They were full frame, or they were pan and scan, or whatever. And a lot of people right now are going, well, pan and scan, letterbox, widescreen. Yeah. yeah. You younger <laughs> generation, you don't understand how hard it was yeah. to get this shit. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, but yeah, these are the special edition, widescreen edition. Now, my Return of the Jedi is the... Um, <clears throat> These are the extended play as well. The uh, The earlier ones were not extended play, so they, they had more discs, and you had to flip them more often. Yeah. But um, the Return of the Jedi that I have is part of the uh, goofed-up Return of the Jedis that were um, not exactly centered right. They were further up so that you could get the Jabba the Hutt uh, subtitles in underneath because they couldn't change the font or something like that. <laughs> Nice. And I just thought that was fascinating because it's like yeah. the whole, it's got the letterbox and the widescreen, but it's further north than it's supposed to be. Um, anyway, like I said, to date these the these are the unaltered originals, hand shooting first, et cetera, et cetera. No CGI um, that have not yet been re-released on Blu-ray. I have heard that they're planning on re-releasing these on Blu-ray now that Disney has bought out Lucasfilm, but they haven't yet, so. Yeah. Uh, right now, this is the only way you can get them. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, and that's and I'll great. always have them. I also have the uh, VHS full screen shelf slide model uh, that I bought early '90s as well. Uh, those are full frame, also unaltered, but again, full frame that sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I'll always original artwork too. This is because it, right before he put out the special editions, he put out uh, this is it. The last time the originals will be for sale, uh, and cash in a bunch there. But um, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, <laughs> back to you. Next. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so next up for me is the Zombie Flesh Eaters Steelbook, and that is from Arrow Releasing. <clears throat> and I actually, uh, what's cool about this is, and Zombie Flesh Eaters, by the way, is that's actually Lucio Fulci's zombie. From 1979. Uh, what makes this one so special is <clears throat> the steelbook in and of itself is a limited quantity. 
to go along with that, I spent a lot of money on when when uh, Arrow releasing released this in the UK. Uh, I bought it directly from their site. I bought the steelbook and the slip cover, the slip box edition that I I don't have it in front of me. It was either five hundred or a thousand uh, items were made for, and they, which it sold out. I mean, it's long, and I I have it in my collection unopened. It's still sealed. The uh, the slip box edition. Nice. Uh, Arrow releasing did away with their slip boxes. The steel book is the one that I opened up to watch, um, but uh, those are I consider those to be those kind of go together, and those are some of my. Pri- the, Honestly, the the unopened slip box edition of Zombie Flesh Eaters might be my number one most prized Blu-ray in my collection, just because of wow. how rare it is, especially unopened. Wow, that's sweet. So yeah, so and I've I've talked about Zombie on <laughs> on this show and my show, so I'm not going to get into the the movie itself, but it's it's a gorgeous steel book, um, and to go to go along with the the restoration that Arrow took to. Uh, to that movie is is unbelievable. It it uh, I've watched the Blue Underground Blu-ray release of Zombie and the UK release, and I always thought that the Blue Underground looked fantastic, and it does. But the Arrow release is it it's uh, it's amazing, amazing what can happen to a very low budget movie when someone that really cares about the movie goes and takes the time to restore it like it should be. And it's, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm proud to have that in my collection. Nice. So. Awesome. Well done. Okay, back to me. Next up, I have another prize of my Laserdisc collection. And that is... Bum, bum, bum. Ah. Hard Boiled, the Criterion Collection. Nice. Laserdisc. I bought this thing at a time, a perfect time, because I didn't spend a ton of money on it, and it was right about the time the DVD was going nuts. As you recall, I'm sure, the DVD criterion uh, went crazy, man. That thing was like, there was only so many uh, available for uh, sale or some crap. I don't even know why it went so out of print so quick. But people were paying hundreds of dollars. Like, I remember uh, three to $500 to get that DVD. And that DVD was only a port of the Laserdisc. The Laserdisc just ported onto a digital video disc. So it wasn't any better, wasn't any clean, more cleaned up or more special features or anything more magical. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is a film by John Woo. Uh, if you don't are not familiar with the film... Starring Chow Yun-Fat. And it is just cop, crazy, thriller, action. Sort of like, best way to describe it would be like a heat. Similar to that. Except they kill a lot of people. And yes. I mean a lot of people. Now I've got some trivia stuff from IMDb here. Uh, during the filming of the scene in which Tequila, that's Chow Yun-Fat's character is running down the exploding hallway with the baby in the hospital towards the end, third act. John Woo wasn't satisfied that the explosions were big and frightening enough in the scene. He asked the special effects technicians to reset the explosives and give him the trigger. When Chow Yun-Fat ran down the hallway, Woo immediately set set the explosives off, nearly incinerating Chow, who barely made it. 
Chow exclaimed to the producer afterwards, Chow, uh, John's trying to kill me. John's trying to kill me. When Wu heard Chow screaming, he went up to apologize to Chow and saw that the back of his head and coat were in fact singed from the explosions. <laughs> uh, now, I came to this movie very late. I didn't see it when it came out by any stretch. Um, very late. I, it, this thing was of legend by the time I got to it, and it, I, I was blown away when I saw it. I think I saw it on IFC the first time, uh, on satellite cable, whatever. Next little trivia, more than 200 guns were used in the film, all of which were real. Due to Hong Kong's strict gun laws, the weapons had to be imported specifically from England and inspected by the Hong Kong police before they could be used on set. They also had to import blank ammunition. In total, over 100,000 rounds of blanks would be fired during the filming. The body count of the film? 307. When I say this as a bloodletting, it is a bloodletting. I often compare it to Die Hard I, 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 in that the squibs they use are just... Everybody is a bag of blood. They just... Every single bullet, boom, pow, pow. It's an explosion of blood. It's Love it. crazy Great awesome. movie. Yep, that was a great movie. Hard Boiled was John Woo's last Hong Kong film before going to Hollywood. When John had heard that this movie had extreme positive reactions from the American audience, which was rare at the time, that was when he made the decision to go to Hollywood. From there, he made his first American film, Hard Target, 1993, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and continued with Broken Arrow, Face Off, Mission Impossible 2, Wind Talkers, and Paycheck. In 2007, he went back to China. <laughs> yep. Oh, his pre-America stuff was so much better than the stuff he made over here. Agreed. Uh, yep. At any rate. Many of the underlings in the hospital shootout were stuntmen who had all worked on kung fu movies from the famous Shaw Brothers studio. And lastly, the budget of this movie was, can you guess... I want to say $500,000. Four million. I four million, okay. I can't believe this movie cost four million dollars. I can't believe they got away with a four million dollar budget. This thing is, it's amazing. It's right up there with Die Hard for me. It kicks so much ass. This is a one of the pinnacles of the action genre. If you haven't yeah. seen this movie and you're an action fan, tie. Over at Cinema Sidekicks, I'm talking to you, Mr. Super hu Huge Fan of Take 3 in. Uh, <laughs> you need to watch this movie. Because <laughs> uh, it's up there with Die Hard. I love it. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Back to you. And, and, in, the, and in the same breath, um, this movie here is so similar to what you said. Um, that's my steelbook of Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> or not? Oh, and it is. It is. Uh, for, but not, it is for the horror genre. Yes. It, 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 it seriously, is. that is very comparable to the horror for the for action to horror. That that's very much uh, reanimated. Yeah. I don't know about Bride. I haven't seen that one, but yeah, uh, that that was a game changer uh, in the eighties as far as on screen, in your face, graphic horror. As well as black comedy, uh, and I, I actually imported the Steelbook from Germany, 
because they it was it's another Criterion type of release. The, it was remastered um, to look brand spanking new versus the really crummy U.S. Blu-ray release that looks basically it's DVD. It's upscale DVD. There, it's a 4K scan and it's fantastic. And the Blu-ray, it's or the the packaging is great. Uh, Reanimator is one of my favorite. Actually, every movie that I've just discussed in the, the Steelbook versions are some of my favorite horror movies of all time. At Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead, and Zombie Flesh Eaters are yeah. some of required viewing for serious horror fans. Um, I agree. Not non horror fans. Honestly, I, there's not a whole lot there for me to to offer other than uh, some comedy and Return of the Living Dead and Reanimator. But it's still three very gruesome movies but if you're into that sort of thing uh, they're fantastic and the steelbooks are beautiful and they're prized possessions in my collection and in fact what made that that steelbook so enticing to me is it was on sale for a brief period of time on uh, Amazon Germany it was like on sale and so I snagged it for a somewhat reasonable price versus what it usually is going for and so I'm just I'm very happy to have it in my collection and like especially something that comes from you know across the pond you can't get it over here and then you watch it and you're like yeah this is this kicks ass and <laughs> most most people over here don't have this and I, I love yeah. that yeah so, I totally agree you know yeah I totally agree okay um that's gonna wrap up this episode of show and tell and we will have more uh for that next month but until then let's move on to recently watched and i'm gonna let you go first because i think you got quite a bit more than me because i've been wrestling with apple and itunes uh, all week <laughs> yeah gotcha i understand um okay uh i'm gonna let you pick which we're which one we're gonna talk about either okay. we're gonna talk about frank darabont's stuff april fool's day um or uh bruce lee right now give me Give, give me five minutes on April Fool's Day because I got to know where you came out on that. Okay. And then we're going to move on to Bruce Lee. And okay. Darabont, everybody knows that those movies are awesome. We'll, we'll just save that for okay. another time where we have <laughs> more space to fill. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, April Fool's Day. Okay, after your uh, after your review, which you were very, um, vague. very vague about, which, which rightly so, obviously. Um, so I finally watched it. and So man, wait, 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 wait. We're going into full spoiler for yes, all of yes, you. Yes, we are. For, for you Uber 80s slasher fans, we're going super spoiler. For yeah. everybody else, every other normal person, you won't give a shit that we're going to talk spoilers about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't want to watch it after we uh, are done talking about this. Uh, so, okay, so first of all, obviously, if you're listening to this show or my, my own show, you know I am a slasher Fiend. I love 80s slasher movies. Uh, and it does not take much for me to give it a thumbs up. This movie got a thumbs down for I'm me. I'm surprised, man. I really am. But do you see why I was so vague about it? Very much thing? so, yes. Okay. And the thing is, everything is there for me to like the movie, but I just I didn't like that twist. It, it, I'm like, obnoxious 80s actors? Check. I'm good. Secluded setting for the killings to happen? Check. Um, and then the twist comes. I'm like, what? This is all a joke. It was everything was a joke. Everything yeah, it was no, all no. April Fool's, and we should have all seen it coming because they were yeah. Fool's Day. Yes, it was all a joke. Nobody actually died. And yeah, and that that was fine. I like I was here and there on it, but I didn't want to ruin it for you just in yeah. case the slasher oh, fan that was like that was amazing. Uh, 
I don't yeah. want to ruin it. Even, even if it would have ended with someone actually getting killed, because there's a little zinger in the end where you're like, ooh, oh, wait, no. That's still an April Fool's joke. Like, are you kidding me? After <laughs> jipping the audience, now we're getting one more kill. That's not a kill. That's an April Fool's Day joke. I'm like, done. I'm, we're done here. It, the best thing that, to be said about the movie is Biff was in it from Back to the Future, and uh, one of the actresses, Amy, uh, Amy, was Amy Steele from Friday the Thirteenth yeah. Part Two, much better slasher movie. And I think one of the girls from Nightmare, she looked like she was from one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, was in it too. I, I'm not sure what her name is, if if that was her or not. But see, but that's, it, I, I felt bad because I was I was trying to get across that this is not a revenge thing. I'm not trying to force you to watch this because it was so horrible. Oh, no, no, no. It it was just, it was like, I just don't know where you're going to come out. And And all uh, the ingredients were there for a good, for a good 80s slasher, but I just, I didn't, I didn't like that. And that's fine. Some people might, some people might totally get it. I just, no, trust me. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not like sitting over here, uh, selling you the virtues of April fool's day. I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting over here going, I don't want to ruin it in case Slasher Boy really, really loves it. I know. You know no, I don't want to ruin it. the ending. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you had that. There was. N- I really debated over it for a few days, and I was like, "There is no other way other than this. Just force him to watch this damn thing." Yeah. And I, no. And I, I'm glad I watched it because I will watch literally anything from '80s slasher. So it's one <laughs> that do. I can I officially. Listen your, check. I listen to your show, and you're like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so oh, I watched this. I, the I shit watched, I watch. No, it's you're like I watched this movie today, and I hated it the first three times I watched it, but the fourth <laughs> time I'm starting to come around. You know that really alters how I review things because I go April Fool's Day. He might hate it the first three times. I, I you know. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's uh, not Texas Chainsaw Hookers or something, but yeah, yeah, or or a robicide. <laughs> But he might uh, like it. I don't know. Yeah, he uh, might. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I, I have to like really temper my reviews when it comes to these kind of films. Do you, yeah. I mean, there are certain ones, obviously, slasher shit that I'm like, okay, this is a piece of crap, and I'll call it on the carpet when it is. But when it's stuff like this where I truly have no idea which yeah. way you're going to go, especially when it's so heavy on the twist at the end, yeah. I really play it vague. Yeah, and 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 props for for a good twist ending. I mean, it was a good twist. Uh, it just, I, you know, yeah. it's I I I agree, I agree. But it's one that I'm like, ten years down the road, would I watch it again? I might. Okay. Okay. My Back turn. To you. Uh, yes. Uh, um, Peaky Blinders season two. Um, I. Have we finished up the show? We watched all of them now. That's all there is on Netflix. Uh, and one of the things I want to talk about was something that we've talked about before: how there isn't a lot of, um, uh, well, for the Netflix original sh- uh, shit, they don't have to adhere to a certain amount of episode numbers. Like, okay, episode. I need thirteen episodes because you're going to be on AMC, or whatever, Showtime, HBO. Since it's on Netflix, they don't have to adhere to that. And that's a beautiful thing, because Peaky Blinders has two seasons, 12 episodes. See what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't have a ton of episodes. They they work it into 
the episodes they need, and that's all that they use. They don't stretch it out. There's no filler. It's perfect length. I absolutely love this show, and I wish more people were talking about it, but they're not. I don't know why. Ugh, it's frustrating. And I know there's um, hard-to-understand accents, and uh, I know. I, I just wish this show would take off. I wish it would be more of a hit. I know some people are talking about it, and it seems to be gaining a little bit of momentum moving into a third season. I can't wait to watch more. Okay, Back to um, you. I, I've okay. only got a couple more. Okay. Uh, so for me, I've got uh, Chinese Connection, a.k.a. Fist of Fury. Uh, wait, what? Fist of... Or, or wait, it, what? Or... Uh, they call it Fist of Fury? Yeah. Who? Uh, uh, Shout Factory. <laughs> uh, damn it. I, I, I hate... This is one thing that's horrible of being a fan of kung fu movies. They have 15 names. You can't keep up with it. It's impossible. Uh, yeah. I always, yeah, thought, I have I always the, thought the uh, Fist of Fury was uh, the one in the uh, Ice Factory. The, the Big Boss? Uh, big Boss. I always thought that was Fist of Fury. No? No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, it's a new decade. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I got I, I picked up the Shout Factory four pack of uh, Bruce Lee movies and, and I've been wanting to rewatch the Big Boss ever since my very first that was our my very first blind roulette, am I right? I ha oh uh Gothic was first. Sorry. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh but um, Big Boss was second. It was right okay. there. Yeah. That was like so, a uh, Chinese Connection, aka Fist of Fury. Uh, I was. Um, uh, it gets a thumbs up, easy thumbs up from me. I liked the Big Boss better, though. Um, I liked that it was almost more of a, it, like almost had a more weird, wacky comedy feel to it. Um, and I liked the storyline better, which the storyline almost is. Eh, it's. Who are you taking revenge on? Or yeah. who are you getting... Re- you know, it's whatever. This one here, my only complaint was kick-ass first half hour and kick-ass last half hour. There was a middle section in there. I'm like, let's <laughs> go. Okay, now Bruce Lee is making lovey-dovey with a Chinese lady. Yeah. A- Asian, and, uh, Asian cinema. It went all Asian cinema in the second act. Yeah. Like back in... I'm like, I want to see more Bruce Lee whip an ass. Yeah. And and it was still good. I mean, it was still fine. It wasn't like I'm like, oh, come on. But I'm like, okay, I'm still into this. But let's go. And then when they when they do, let's go. It's it's on. And Bruce Lee. Something about watching him is, I'm not sure how to say. I, I there's no other. It's like a religious performer. experience. Yeah, the way yeah. he does it, the way his no, the noises that he makes, are. It's just you're just like. Holy shit, that's so awesome. I love that. Um, I'm looking forward to watching... Uh, I know that that uh, your thoughts on Game of Death, but I also have Game of Death to watch on Blu-ray. And um, what's the other one? Uh, I don't have the Blu-ray in front of me. Um, what's his other one? Um, Game of Death, Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon. There you go. Yeah, with so, Chuck that, Norris. Chuck Norris, yeah. Whoa. I'm looking forward to... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> okay, I got one more to touch on recently watched, okay. and then I'm going to be done. Uh, and that is Untamed Americas. And this is uh, another one of the nature, animal, 
blah 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 docs that I I watch so many of uh, these series. Um, this one's only four episodes, uh, 45 minutes each. The cool thing about this series, they separated each of the episodes by region, like forest, desert, winter, mountain, that sort of crap. Um, okay. So I watched the last two episodes today. Uh, one of the last ones was forest and desert. And uh, I, I was fascinated by the combination of the animals that they put into conflict. Uh, for example, they put bobcat versus horned lizard. If I gave you a hundred guesses, you could not guess what the defense mechanism was, because I couldn't. What was it? He squirts blood out of his eyeball into the leopard thing's mouth. Oh! And you're sitting there going... What? What? This blows my mind. I watched it like five times. And why don't humans do that? I mean, I, that, that's, I don't that's know. A... I would squirt. <laughs> I would squirt blood out of my eye all the time. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that could be the answer. The, the be-all, end-all answer to so many of life's problems. Which is squirt blood in its eye. Yes. Oh, oh you're I, eating po- you're eating popcorn too loud behind me while I'm watching Nightcrawler at the Dollar Theater. Oh, old oh, 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 turn oh. slowly. Turn. Squirt. <laughs> By the way, this entire series Untamed America totally narrated narrated by Josh Brolin. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I know you are not a huge TV guy, but we're, this this series is four episodes that are forty five minutes long. Perfect wife material. Yeah. It's all nature shit. Definitely give this one a spin. You will like it. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap us to, up. To, Wrap us up. Yeah. To to piggyback on that, um, I watched <laughs> Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Uh, one of my uh, one of the things on my list. Uh, okay, you are just really screwing my roulette list this week. Chinese connection. Hold on, line through. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, trading places. Line through. Anything else? <laughs> um. Well, you can now finally cross off Sorority House Massacre Part Three. Hard to die. I would, uh, but I didn't but, add that to your list because I. Don't believe in torturing other humans. Yeah, didn't know it existed. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, I didn't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Trading Places. um, Yes. John Landis. I mean, this is a no-brainer. 80s, John Landis, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. It kicked ass. It was hilarious. This is your first first watch, though? First watch, yep. Never seen it. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I, I mean, it's not like a laugh a minute, the funniest comedy I've ever seen, but... It was really good. It was two hours long for a comedy that's long, and I was never bored. Never bored. I I would put so. it up there with Coming to America. I really oh, would. And Coming to America was hilarious. And it's like there, there's a couple of parts where it's like it's built like, okay, now it's a little bit of a story part, and then it goes to the scene with Eddie Murphy. You know, the entire cast is in uh, a train. And the, the train is like, it, it, was, it was awesome. When they're all in the same train car... Yeah. And they're trying to get, swap a brief briefcase, and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh, it was it was hilarious. 
That was like, was that Eddie Murphy at his peak? Yes. If it wasn't his peak, it was close to his peak. It was peak right, right in that ballpark. It was that yeah. coming to America and, yeah, yeah, definitely. Beverly Hills Beverly Cop. Hills Cop yeah. 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 Oh, man. it was, And even Dan Aykroyd, he was hilarious. Oh, great movie. I Big thumbs up. Unfortunately, <laughs> robbed one off my roulette wheel, but that's okay. Because at least yeah. you finally watched a movie and I'm glad you give it a thumbs up. Yes. Okay, so for uh, this episode of Movie Freaks, I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And please visit our friends <laughs> Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly on iTunes. And as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. And until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, excuse me. That'll be cut off. Get it out now if you got it. Yep. (coughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Okay, I watched the last two episodes today. Ah, ah. (laughs) I watched the last two episodes today. Uh, and they separate, separate, (laughs) I, I am freaking hopeless. Uh. Okay, let's, let's start over.